Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I speak in human and angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I own, and if I hand my body over so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, it is not pompous, it is not inflated, it is not rude, it does not seek its own interests, it is not quick-tempered, it does not brood over injury, it does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. If there are prophecies, they will be brought to nothing. If tongues, they will cease. If knowledge, it will be brought to nothing. For we know partially and we prophesy partially. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I used to talk as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. At present, we see indistinctly, as in a mirror, but then face to face. At present, I know partially. Then I shall know fully, as I am fully known. So faith, hope, and love remain, these three, but the greatest of these is love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Tuesday evening where we continue our reflections into, well, what you just heard, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to 13. And really, this evening is part two to what we started yesterday. There are just too many things to talk about to put it in one evening. So what I thought I would do is have uh, Debbie come back, uh, join me for an evening to engage this topic of love, uh, part two, and do so uh, in a dialogue. And so with that, Debbie, it is great to have you uh, with me another evening. It's great to be here. So, Debbie, as you just read, and I, I thought it was nice to kind of start our evening mm-hmm. with that. It was. With those series of verses, which is really a prayer, uh, mm-hmm. a prayer that is this poetic interlude between chapters 12 and 14, these chapters that focus on the charismatic and spiritual gifts and how they need to be anchored in mm-hmm. love, yes. as chapter 13 is the way of love. Now, Yesterday, I left off in verses 6 to 7, and as you just read, Debbie, St. Paul reminds us that love never rejoices over the wrong, but only over the right. So we have this question before us. How are we to approach love as it relates to right and wrong, or how are we to understand this language of right and wrong? And here I want to turn to Benedict XVI in his encyclical, Charity in Truth. 
he has some beautiful words that I really think just uh, cut to the chase here. This is Benedict XVI, paragraph 3. Without truth, charity degenerates into sentimentality. Love becomes an empty shell to be filled in an arbitrary way. In a culture without truth, this is the fatal risk facing love. It falls prey to contingent, subjective emotions and opinions. The word love is abused and distorted to the point where it comes to mean the opposite of what it actually means. In the truth, charity reflects the personal yet public dimension of faith in the God of the Bible, who is both agape and logos, charity and truth, love and word. Beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> so what Benedict wants us to see, Debbie, is that love is never to be reduced to a sentiment, right. a feeling, a feeling, or an emotion mm -hmm. that, that comes and goes over time. Fleeting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rather, it is anchored in truth. Why? Because love is the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. right? And the Holy Spirit is poured into our hearts. If the Holy Spirit is the love shared between the Father and the Son, and we receive this love, and our foundational call is to bear witness to this love, then it must also bear witness to what? But the truth, because that love is also absolute truth. What did Jesus say? Not I am a way, a truth, and a life, but the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. You see, he's speaking in the imperative, mm -hmm. in the absolute, right? He is absolute truth. He is absolute love, yes, yeah. but he is also absolute truth. And we can reason as such when we contemplate the mysteries. So what Benedict wants us to see is if we don't contemplate the mysteries, what begins to happen is that, what did he say? <laughs> love becomes an empty shell right. of which we fill up in an arbitrary way. We're left with what we think we know, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We hear the word faith, and we replace it with, I believe, which in its secular sense just means, I'm of the opinion, right? Mm -hmm. right. Uh, we use the word hope, which simply means, I wish, right? Mm -hmm. We use the word love. What does that mean? Well, again, this is what we're talking about this evening. Essentially, we use words in arbitrary ways, mm -hmm. but faith, hope, and love have actual meaning, right? They have meaning that is called to be put into its proper context. And so this is what we are about. And what Benedict wants us to see is in the absence of truth, faith, hope, and love, yeah, we'll just, we'll just carry on with them as we think we ought, as mm. opposed to what we should. And, and that's a very important piece to just not Benedict, but clearly St. Paul, because he says love never rejoices in the wrong. Mm -hmm. No, it, it rejoices in the right. It, love can't rejoice in the wrong because part of love is bearing witness to the truth. It knows only to rejoice in the right. It knows only to rejoice in virtue. It knows only to rejoice in what builds up. And that, Debbie, is uh, quintessential to uh, this way of love. Because if you remove truth, then game over. 
really. Right, right, because then everything's just subjective. Yep, yep. To what we, you know, what feels good. Gosh, we live in such a feel-good society, a drive-through society. We really do, folks. Staying and sticking stuff out yeah. through thick and thin is not the norm anymore, sad nope. to say. Nope. Um, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Yeah. Has become yeah. kind of our motto, which is just the opposite of what Christ is, is trying to um, reveal here through this beautiful passage. He's trying to, um, through Paul and the Holy Spirit, to say, no, 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 it's so much more than this. You know, this is, this is, we call this kind of the wedding reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I, you know, could count how many times I've heard this reading at weddings, but <clears throat> beautiful reading if if we're paying attention to the truth that's there. And I'm hoping tonight we can kind of look a little deeper at the meaning of some of these things. It's not just this fluffy, oh, love is, you know, reminds me of those 70s, um, we call them memes now, those the little girl and the little boy, you know, and love is this and love is that and love is that. Oh, gosh, it's agape. And we're going to get into really what the, where the rubber hits the road in love. Yeah, you you use the word agape, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Divine sacrificial love. Yes. Divine Full, total self-gift. Yeah, divine sacrificial love. You know, I think it's what verse 7, mm-hmm. love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Boy, there there's the tough one. Yeah, it really is. Endures all things. The word patience mm-hmm. in its Akkadian root, pati, is to endure, to suffer. Mm-hmm. Many commentaries will get into how patience is more than just enduring the, the waiting room right. as you wait for your doctor's visit. It's, it's so much more than that. It's about receiving whatever it is that you are encountering and offering it back to God. Right. Because... In the end, whatever it is that you're encountering, whatever kind of suffering that you're encountering is allowed by God for some reason. For a purpose. Sure. And that is where we turn to God and say, okay, this belongs to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. This just isn't a moment for me to get all fired up and upset over why this person cut in front of me. No. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lord, why have you allowed this moment to happen? Right. Why have you allowed this moment to happen? A very important question in the light of verse 7, endures all things. I, I like saying, um, why was this moment gifted to me? Yeah, amen, amen. You know, and, and do you kinda, if you kind of turn that, that 20 minutes at, in line at Walmart, you know, yeah. you start going, okay, why has this moment been gifted to me? I thought I was going to be in and out of here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but... You've gifted this time for a purpose, and right. I'm just missing the purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that, Debbie, because so often we say, God, why has this happened to me? Exactly. Uh, why has this happened to me? Poor but, me, poor victim. Yes, yes. <laughs> but what we have to understand in God's infinite wisdom, in His infinite, perfect wisdom, He allows certain things to happen because if we are in relationship with Him— when they do, then we learn to trust more. Right. And trust as, the, as that most concrete act and virtue of faith draws us deeper into his mystery. Mm-hmm. And so he allows it for a reason. Mm-hmm. 
the gift that he has given to you is for a reason. Mm -hmm. I, I like that phrase, Debbie. Something to, I think, ponder mm -hmm. because it does orient our verses here, endures all things. And there is something all-encompassing about agape, divine sacrificial mm -hmm. love. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And again, believe, <laughs> not something that you are of the opinion, right? Mm -hmm. No, there's something much greater. Hopes, no, not what you wish for, mm -hmm. right? Something, something more. When these virtues are anchored in love, something new happens. Now, this language of love never ends, Debbie. As Paul here talks about love never ending and how love is the greatest of all these virtues, he, he shows how. Because in the end, <laughs> we won't need faith or hope, right? Right, right. right. The, the, That's an earthly. Yes, yes. The preeminence is found in its permanence. It outshines because it outlasts. Mm -hmm. Okay, so right. God is love. We will no longer need faith. We will no longer need nope. hope, but we will abide in love eternally, mm -hmm. eternally. And St. Paul says, we will come to see him face to face. Mm -hmm. Essentially, we will come to see him as he is. But what he wants us to see, that is St. Paul, is that we can still yet see him, okay, even if not quite perfected yet, mm -hmm if we love here on earth. Right. And I think that's an important moment for us that yes, all of these gifts and, and all things will pass away, right? Mm -hmm. Only love remains. Mm -hmm. But if we love as we ought, if we love as St. Paul is calling us to love, then we will begin that journey of what will be perfected in heaven, seeing him face to face. And again, this can only take place if we are loving sacrificially. And, you know, Mother Teresa said, we really will never know the love of Jesus until we find him in our brothers and sisters. We aren't, we aren't gonna, gosh, and God, that's so true. If, if you've, if you've experienced that kind of grace-filled moment, it's a gift from God. It's not something we have done, I can tell you. But when you all of a sudden have this overwhelming love for someone, it can be a stranger, but you're filled with the love of Christ, and all of a sudden you see them as Christ. That's a different kind of love. That's yeah. a and that's a gift. It's a gift, and it's something that we should really be praying for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, be praying for um, agape love, the kind of love that God has for us, and that He expects us to have for others. Yeah. You know, that is where. Um, you remember that old song in the 70s when we, and they will know we are Christians by our yeah, love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I have that in my brain right now. And, but, but so true. We're, we're, the, we're the billboard for Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what kind of love example are we giving? And, uh, and that's important. Mm -hmm. it, 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 is, it is the most important thing here that Favorite we list. love and that we love well. It we, really is. And Debbie. we can't do it without him, without no. his giftedness and our participation. Yeah. You know, you talk about seeing as Jesus sees mm -hmm. essentially, 
is to, well, then in turn, live as Jesus lived. Mm -hmm. This way of love is the embodiment or personification, maybe better said, than Jesus himself, right? Which then means what? If we are going to love each and every person that we encounter as Jesus Christ himself loved, then we are going to be gripped by their need. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that this person is going through. So we encounter that person and give that person the experience of Christ, encountering Christ. Right. That's the gift that is inside of us. Right. Right. We talk about the gift that pours into our hearts. Mm -hmm. It is the gift that is the love shared between the Father and the Son, which is an extraordinary gift. It is an extraordinary gift. And I think this to be the single most exciting aspect of what it means to be a Christian and Catholic, Debbie. We live in the sacramental life so as to be signs of Christ, sacramentals, if you will, to others, that they might encounter Christ, experience right. Christ. To be life-giving. Yes, yes. I cannot, you know, I don't think we can express it strong enough that we have the ability to change lives for people. Sometimes with just kindness, a smile, a touch of the hand, a hug, it can be that simple. Mm -hmm. That can be Christ for them mm -hmm. in such a simple gesture that costs us nothing. Yeah. It costs us nothing. Yeah. But for other, it could be life-changing. And love, so love is that incredible life-giving gift to other it can't be understressed, I don't think. <laughs> no, it, it can't. Um, it can't. We have a great capacity for good yeah. within us. I had an encounter about three weeks ago, and it opened my eyes um, because of what this homeless person said to me. I, uh, a homeless person came up to me. I was in my car, and I had a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. you know, they, they come up to you at the stop sign. Yeah, so right. Uh, I turned around, got out of my car, and I just asked him the question, you know, how are you doing? What's your situation? Mm -hmm. And Debbie, he began to cry, he began to cry. And then I said, well, what is it that you need? He says, you know, I haven't had anyone ask me how I am in years. You know, I just thought. God bless him. <laughs> God bless him. Yes. And this isn't about what I did for him. It really isn't. No. It's more about what he did for me, mm -hmm. because in that moment, as I was in this mode of, all right, Lord, you want me to minister to this person, Jesus reminded me that it was Jesus ministering to me, Right. that by being Christ to him, as Jesus is in the poor, he was being Christ to me, Always in the expression of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Because gratitude is a word that literally translates, Debbie, as this release of graciousness. Mm -hmm. Gratitude, charis, is the Greek root there, the same root to joy and grace. This release of graciousness. And as he was grateful, there was this kind of overshadowing, if you will, of loveliness, of graciousness right. upon that a encounter. A graced moment. Yes. yes. Yeah. Literally speaking. Yeah. And I then drew back. Mm -hmm. because in a very tangible way, 
I feel something. And again, not that love is reduced to feeling or emotion, but he does allow it. Oh, sure. We, we, we should speak to this here. He sure. does allow this kind of welling up. Yes. Not that we ever bank on that. No. Because Satan will use that, but he does allow it. And when he allows it, it's always unexpected. Sure. You know, the last thing I was thinking about in that moment, Debbie, was, you know, this feeling I was going to get, the warm mm -hmm. fuzzies, right? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. There was something more. And that more is what Paul was talking about. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, flipped around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I was appreciative. So we had a word, I bought him a slice of pizza, and we were on our way. Mm -hmm. But not before, not before there was something life-giving, at least for me, right. at least for me. And I, I pray for this young man that he does find his way. He doesn't have to be in the situation he's in. And that's something about the Christian journey. Mm -hmm. What we discover is that in these encounters, to use the phrase life-giving is very, very applicable because it is truly life-giving, mm -hmm. life-transforming. Yes. It leads us to take a new step mm -hmm. that we would have not taken before, but out from the encounter, we take. Yeah. Because for one reason or another, we feel compelled, or maybe better said, inspired, inspired. to do so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Inspired yeah. to do so. And this, again, this is all in the, in the rearview mirror for St. Paul as he's writing this, because he's writing this to a Corinthian community that is far too concerned with the sensationalism of the charismatic gifts. He's saying these are good, they are good, but if they're not anchored in love, right. then they amount to literally nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Co competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you anchor them in love, what did Benedict XVI say? Then something extraordinary mm. happens. Debbie, this phrase in a mirror dimly kind of touched upon it before, mm -hmm. but I did want to say something to it. Paul is very intentional in this phrase, in a mirror dimly, because in ancient Corinth, they manufactured mirrors of polished bronze. Now, certainly they were known for their excellent quality, uh, but their reflected images were what? Dim. Mm -hmm. Dim. So he's using a phrase uh, or an image that they would have been familiar with sure. to explain a much deeper spiritual truth. When you look in the mirror and what you see is dim, mm -hmm. is faint, imagine what that might look like without that haze. Mm -hmm. right? Imagine what that'll look like without that dimness, if you will. I thought of not only when we see him face to face, will we know him, we will also know ourselves. Mm. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll know ourselves perfectly in the reflection of perfection. So, yes. um, and that's a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. It, it's a cleansing and uh, purifying thing. And so it's important that we do that now, that we come to reflect on our ability to love with an enduring love, with a sacrificial love, um, with a love that doesn't always feel good in a feel-good society um, that is often disposable. Um, and God's calling us to that love that endures, um, that we rise above, mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, that we become a people that is are able to rise above our circumstances mm-hmm. and to, like you said so beautifully, offer that. Offer that. Um, you know, sometimes we can gauge that by, let's say, a homeless person comes up to us and are we repelled? There's a good... Re- there's a good barometer of where we might be really is <clears throat> that um, really is debbie if i just a quick interjection yes. you know when you use that word i always think of saint francis of assisi i do too because as everyone looks upon saint francis of assisi and sees him as the saint for the poor mm-hmm. before saint Teresa of calcutta right what we must remember is he was a saint for the poor because he was honest with himself mm. he was absolutely repelled by the poor and the leper in his own testimony he said lord give me the grace to turn around and look at the leper mm-hmm. i cannot endure this love endures all things right? i cannot endure right, this so right. he prayed for for the grace he as he explained it turned around it was a grace just to turn around and look at him debbie yeah and he not only looked at him he walked towards him and he kissed his wound yeah he kissed his wound. That is a grace. That is a singular grace because we are by human nature repelled by that. Mm-hmm. And to our listening audience, Debbie, I really want to challenge everyone as I challenge myself right. in the mirror to realize we cannot do this without God. Don't think you can do this by yourself. No. Impossible. Impossible. That's what I was going to say. Impossible. Impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so when we go to the leper, when we go to the poor, what we are doing is running to Jesus, Mm -hmm. discovering Jesus. Right. To kiss the wound is to to discover anew what it means to love. And I know that was an interjection, but, you know, Debbie. It was perfect. Yeah, I, I just, we have to appreciate the earthiness of the saints Mm -hmm. that they became saints because they realized their limits, right? That they had limits Mm -hmm. and they prayed for the grace to overcome those limits. It's one thing for us to look and go, okay, I got weakness here, here and here, but what did Francis do? Yes, I have a weakness there. I'm praying for the virtue to overcome this weakness. So we're, in that enlightenment of who we really are, we're asking for the grace to overcome it. Yeah. So that there again we can grow and become more Christ-like. As St. Augustine said, life is a struggle in grace, therefore, let's start the struggle. Yes. Yeah, we say, I struggle with this or I struggle with that. Okay, then do so in grace. Do so in God's gift. Do so in the light of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Gosh, these... Versus, if nothing else, Debbie, should humble us. Mm. They should humble us. Oh, <laughs> yes. They should remind us anywhere and everywhere of our need for God. Mm. Right? Because to read these verses is, is to be honest with yourself, right? And say, well, right. I, I come up short here. I come up short there. And Lord, I need you. Mm-hmm. We ought to be beggars. And uh, as Catholics, beggars at the banquet. Right. Okay. Um, I'm looking up at the clock and we are out of time. I don't know, Debbie, if you had any closing thoughts. Love is a verb. It's a verb. It's an action. It's doing. 
Yeah. Talk is cheap. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.